0: This is the Love to the Nations podcast. It's a place for conversation on what it really means to follow Jesus and show his love to the world. Does God always call people to big dreams, big things in their life, or does he call some people to hiddenness and sacred smallness? These kind of things are what we're going to be discussing today. It's Jenny Coots Papa Pastolu and we are embarking on our first podcast. After about six years in ministry, uh, this is the very first podcast that we're putting out. And let me tell you, it's right on time. There's a lot of things happening in my heart. There's a lot of things, you know, through the different times of life, through the different seasons of ministry. Um, and just to share a little bit of my background, uh, I was raised in a ministry family, in the Copeland family. So thankful for my upbringing, so thankful for my family um and currently I am living in Thessaloniki Greece with my husband Elias just recently we got married this past year so thankful right in time for lockdown and quarantine I'm not quite sure what I would have done uh if it was before that probably do a Skype wedding um or after that anyway um but you know I would call These last two years that I've lived in preparing for family and preparing for marriage and preparing for the ministry of marriage Uh, and really the last five years that I have lived here and called this place my home. God has begun to shift things in me. And, you know, being raised in a ministry family, going from conference to conference to conference, seeing traveling and, you know, seeing amazing things and God doing amazing things my expectation and reality for ministry was really wrapped up in this sort of reality and that this is what the kingdom of God looks like this is what ministry looks like and again I'm so thankful for my upbringing because I had such a beautiful um relationship with my family relationship with Jesus and and through all of this time and, and throughout these podcasts, I know that I'm going to share more. But through this time, I God began to stir my heart to get my hands dirty in ministry. You know, when you're raised in a prominent ministry family... Um, you don't get your hands dirty that often. And if any preacher kids, if any pastor kids know what I'm talking about, I'm not saying that people's hearts aren't for the Lord. I'm not saying that they're not willing to work, but to be honest, a lot of things are done for them. And so this was my reality, you know, anything. And my mom, my amazing mother, she grew, she raised us in a way where we weren't prideful. We weren't uh, I mean, of course, we all had our prideful moments. Like, do you know who my grandpa is? Do you know who my mom is? He can fire you, you know, when I'm like seven and eight. Um, <laughs> but my mom really raised us in a way of um, humility and and servanthood. And I'm thankful for that. She's amazing. But, uh, you know, you, you get used to this. And so when I was living in America, I was probably about 20 at the time, 21. And I had just come back from university in Oklahoma at Oral Roberts University. And I dropped out, (laughs) again, another part of my story. I wouldn't always suggest that to people, but it's what happened with me, <laughs> and um, so I'm living in in Texas at the time and helping my grandparents. I was cooking for my grandparents and really felt this call from God to help them in whatever way that they needed. And so I would go to the conferences, I would go to the meetings and the services, and as I'm sitting there in these services. God begins to stir my heart in a way that I knew was only him and I began to to realize there's more there's more and I didn't know what that meant I didn't know what that looked like but I just began to have this stirring in my heart to get my hands dirty that realizing the life of Jesus was not just being separate, not just, you know, uh, being untouchable. Jesus was very touchable with the sinners. He was very touchable to the lowest of the low of the low. And I began to realize this is the heart of Jesus, to live in a way where you're surrounding yourself with people. You're surrounding yourself, being touchable, being getting your hands dirty, not being afraid of being around people that don't look like you. And that wasn't a reality that I had had known. And so, God began to stir my heart to get my hands dirty. Didn't know what that looked like, didn't know what that meant even the full the full measure of it. But that began to be my cry, my heart cry. I was like, God, I don't know how, I don't know what, but I want this because I know that it's your heart. And God began to show me the heart of Jesus as a servant, the heart of Jesus as a humble servant. And this is such a beautiful picture of Jesus. And and so through this journey, uh, I wrote a book to young people whose parents had gone through divorce about the father's love called Abba finding comfort in the father after your parents' divorce. And, and I began to see God's love as a father in the realm of adoption, in the realm of the orphan, in the realm of, I'm beginning to see that true and undefiled religion means caring for widows and for orphans and when you're caring for widows and orphans or people that cannot repay you this is true an undefiled religion and i wanted it i didn't know how to get it but i wanted it and so god began to stir in my heart this passion to to whatever it took to care for the orphan to show the love of the father through jesus christ to the orphan to the fatherless and you know this began this became our motto at Love to the Nations. This is our motto. This is our our goal and our vision to share the love of the Father through Jesus Christ to the orphan. So after that, uh, long story short, ended up... Um, moving to Greece to begin a work to begin all house Thessaloniki um, and it was there that obviously I met my husband Elias and I'm so thankful actually I liked him for a few years before he liked me um, that's another story but he is the kindest most amazing man and all of that to say I have uprooted my life in in America and Came, I came here and based my life here in a land that, you know, Western Christianity looks one way, uh, conferences, church services, all the things, ministries, this whole world that when you're coming to this region of the world, and at least right now, it looks completely different different. I came from a place of uh, being known into a place of anonymity. And I'm telling you, it's the most beautiful thing that could have happened to me. It's the most beautiful thing to come to a place where you're not special. You know, I heard Jensen Franklin say something like, when you order a pizza, the, 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 the thing that is of value is, is not the cardboard box that the pizza comes in. It's the actual thing that's on the inside. And he was saying, you're like a cardboard box. You are the mode of transportation for the kingdom of God. And so I think that especially pastors' kids, preachers' kids, we need a dose of humility, guys. Like, go to a place where nobody really cares what your last name is? Nobody really cares who your mama is, who your daddy is, who your grandpa is. It's not in... You get out of your little kingdom. And I'm telling you, it's the most beautiful gift I think the Lord gave me um, that he allowed me not to rely on my family name. And I get a lot of questions like, What was it like growing up in your family? And of course, you know, they're my grandparents, it's my mom, it's like your family. But but I came to a realization really quickly, um, if a door opens for me, or a door shuts for me, just because of an earthly name, I don't want it. Um, and I am grateful for the benefits that, you know, spiritual benefits, the beautiful benefits that it comes to being in this family. But The truth of the matter is what's more important to me than being in my earthly family is to be in the family of god because the blood of jesus levels the playing field so maybe you're looking at somebody who who was in a ministry family and they have all these opportunities or whatever and you're thinking oh it's just because of that or it could never happen to me well the truth is when we came into the family of god this is our new family this is our family and in the new covenant you know so many times people are so wrapped up in bloodlines in earthly bloodlines even in ministry i have to say but the truth of the matter is that's an old covenant reality because in the new testament when jesus said when when even his own mother and, and family members were waiting at the door and the disciples came to Jesus. He said, your mom's at the door. And he said, my brothers and my sisters are the ones that do the will of God. And so you realize that Jesus is showing us a new way of family. Now I love my family and I honor my family and I'm, I'm a part of my family and even spiritually, but, but what is more important than being in an earthly family is being in the family of God. That I can say, you are my brother. You are my sister. No matter what you look like, no matter any of these details, we are family. And you know what that does? Like I said, it levels the playing field. It allows us to gather together at our family table, a kingdom table. All of these things we're going to talk about through this whole podcast, but you know, I there's a few things that I've learned about living here in this region. you know in Greece, this is where this is where the church started. This is where the New Testament church started and the apostles were here and Paul traveled through this region and you know it's so funny living here in this nation and everybody should come visit. We're going to do a Greece tour soon um, next year. And, you know, pending on all of the travel restrictions and everything. And we'll give you more information about that. But, you know, it's funny living here in this place where I'm thinking like the sea that I live literally three minutes from, is the same sea that Paul traveled, that Paul sailed on. Uh, You know, I'm just a short drive from Philippi, where Paul and Silas were imprisoned. Or, you know, one time I went to this electronics store in our city, and underneath the parking lot, there's this ancient tomb. Like, it's nothing. You know, in America, living in America, you're amazed at a hundred-year-old house, and a hundred years here is like an infant. So... (laughs) Anyway, um, so it really is funny, but but in this podcast, really this this episode, I really want to share our heart for this podcast and for the coming days. You know, um, my 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 perspective of ministry has changed and has has molded into. The kingdom of God in a way that I didn't have living in the states, and I'm rejoicing, I'm excited about everything that's happening in America. Um, but the kingdom of God doesn't look like that in every place. Um, the kingdom of God is not always conferences, and and it's part of the kingdom of God, but there's more, and so in this you know, time, and in these episodes, I really want us to, number one, see Jesus, glorify Jesus, love him, and know him. I don't wanna just know a pattern or a picture of what I thought Jesus was, but I wanna see the heart, the heartbeat of Jesus. And I really believe that I began to see the true heartbeat of Jesus uh, when he began to stir in my heart a love for the orphan and a love for the widow, um, every one of us are called to the widow and the orphan, whether we are called to go out and do something, you know, starting a children's home or being a foster parent, all these things are beautiful. but. Maybe that's not what everybody is supposed to do, but in some way, somehow, we're called to the widow and the orphan. That's the church, the church's job. And of course, we'll talk more about that too. But, um, you know, I know that this is kind of a random (laughs) episode. I just want to share our base and our foundation and our heart. that Okay, so going back, if you stay with me, you'll realize that I have on a lot of rabbit trails, and I really hope that you'll stay with me and can understand me. Um, <clears throat> but it's like, I feel like we're sitting at a table and just sharing things. But a few things that I've learned about the kingdom of God living in this nation, um, one of those things is family, living in this family-oriented culture, Um, family, sitting at a table, eating with your family, you know, my husband's family, we, uh, I'm so thankful because every weekend we're, we're eating at his family's home. And, you know, sometimes every day of the week, not that often, but, um, this past, uh, pandemic, uh, because, you know, going grocery shopping, all these things, uh, we ate with his family every week, and it wasn't something strange. It was something that is so normal to us and so beautiful. But that's one thing that I've realized, the beauty of family, that God is not interested in building ministries more than he's interested in building families. Because the, because the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is not a 501c3 organization. The kingdom of heaven is a family God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross so that he could be the firstborn of many brethren. What is this language? It's a language of family. It's a language of importance on relationships, importance on family, importance on, you know, I think it's so easy to get involved in so many programs, church programs, ministry programs, that we forget that we're actually building a family, not a program, We're going to talk about those things we're going to talk about what success in ministry looks like i'm telling you for the past few years something that has been burning in my heart is the mothers that are staying at home with their children and maybe you're listening to this podcast and you've been struggling with your identity as a christian as a follower of jesus because you're hearing all of this this vernacular all of this all of all of these things about what it means to be a sold-out christian and you are defining a sold-out christian as writing books as leading ten thousand people to the lord as all the and you're being inundated with all of these words of your dreams and and your vision and it needs to be world changing. And, and you know what, this is such a beautiful picture and I'm telling you that it's so important to have big dreams for our lives. But sometimes God's dreams for our life is to be a wife and a mother and to love Jesus faithfully. Sometimes God's dreams for our life doesn't mean that you're gonna be in front of thousands of people sharing the gospel, sometimes God's dreams for our life, look very hidden. But that doesn't mean it's any less fruitful, any less successful. And I think that this, this message on really dreaming, it's so important, I dreams, this is how we are here today. But God's dreams for one person is not God's dream for someone else. And so there's almost this shame of living in a hidden, seemingly small life, because we feel like we're not as pleasing to God. And I'm here to tell you, this is not the truth. God's dream for you. That's what you need to find out. God, what is your dream for me? What is your dream for me? Because some people, God's dream for them is to love their husband, love their children, minister to every person they meet. My sister-in-law, Vanessa, said to me a few years ago, and we talk about this often, I was asking, or she was telling me what she believed a, an, a Christian life should look like. And it was something I have never heard before, shockingly. But it's kind of a picture of what people's mentality and perspective is. And she said, you know, I think a good Christian life... A Christian life to me is having a job in the world, loving my family, and being able to be a witness to those around me. And it shocked me. Why did it shock me? Because I've never had that reality before. I've li- I grew up in a reality that a Christian, a successful Christian, a powerful Bible-abiding Christian means that you're traveling the world, preaching the gospel, telling people about Jesus. Listen, the truth of the matter is the majority of people, their dreams are going to be very different than what I've just described there. And I don't want to, and maybe God has called you to that life, but in the scripture, and I'm going to read something now in 1 Corinthians Chapter 12. I'm just going to go. Actually, the whole part is amazing. And it talks about the body of Christ. I'm just going to go here to verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord." Wow, to me, this is telling me my dreams, God's dreams for my life are gonna look different than the person next to me's dream for their life. Our ultimate dream is sharing the love of Jesus, loving Jesus is our ultimate dream, but how that is conveyed and how that is displayed is different, and we see that there. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. That's good. We forget that sometimes, don't we? It's not how we determine how am I going to move in the spiritual gift. It's as the spirit wills, as the spirit determines. And of course, it talks about the body. If everybody was an eye, how would this person hear? If everybody was a hand, how would this person speak? And it's talking about the body of Christ. And our mistake is thinking that. And in another um, chapter, it talks about, you know, maybe you're given the gift of serving, then serve well. Maybe you're given the gift of speaking, then speak well. Actually, let me, let me find this. Um, okay. Actually, I don't know where it is, so you're gonna have to Google that <laughs> after um i believe it's in romans or ephesians or something else just google it um but you know this talks about you all have individual gifts every one of you and every one of our gifts are going to be different and so it's an error for us to think in order for me to live a godly life, I have to look like this person. In order for me to live a fruitful life, I have to look like this person. That is not what the scripture is saying, and that is not the heart of Jesus. And the work of the five the apostolic gifts, the work of the five-fold ministry gifts, apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, this is is in reality a very small part of the body of Christ. Because that this part of people, ministers, that's a very small part of the body of Christ. Every one of us is a minister in our own world. But this actually five-fold ministry gifts, not everybody is called to that. Why? Because the five-fold ministry gifts, meaning the prophets, the pastors, the apostles, the evangelists, Teachers, these people, their job is to equip the saints. Their job is to equip and get ready those living as my sister in law Vanessa said a Christian life. So what what should be the dream of people? My ultimate dream is that I'm actually googling it right now the scripture so I can actually read it. Um, but. Every one of our ultimate dream again is to glorify Jesus to love Jesus but not every one of us is called to preach the gospel on a platform to preach the gospel not every one of our dreams should look like the dreams of your favorite preacher your favorite minister and so and I'm saying this with a heart that I hope you understand that The enemy has tried to put, oh, I found it, Ephesians 4, guys, just in case you didn't already Google it. I Googled it for you. Um, And I'm on that page. Wow. Uh, But the enemy has tried to put shame. And I want to speak to you directly. Um, Whatever occupation you are, maybe you felt ashamed. Because when people say, what is your dream in life? And you're saying, I want to be a wife. I want to be a husband. I want to be a mother. I want to be a doctor. And it says that though the enemy is putting shame on a dream that God gave you, because it doesn't look like your favorite preacher's life looks. It doesn't look like this person's. And I want to tell you, be free from that. Be free from that because it doesn't belong to you. Because God, Let me read you in Ephesians 4 again, verse 12, it says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Let me tell you something. A Christian life isn't automatically standing on a pulpit. I know I've said that probably 10 times already in the last five minutes, but that's not the ultimate Christian life. The ultimate Christian life isn't solely having a secular job. The ultimate Christian life, number one, is loving Jesus. Number two is faithfulness to his word. This is fruitfulness. This is success. And really, our success in our life is to be faithful to the words of Jesus. That is what brings us success, to receive his love, to receive his grace, and so that's one that's something that really i had on my heart to share with you in this episode and um i just i want to encourage you because i want the shame of you living a i'm putting quotations here you can't see me but normal life is not ungodly i believe god delights in the hidden life God delights in the lives that are hidden, that are sharing his love to everybody they meet. It is not there, it there is no shame in you living a normal life. Now, let me tell you, that's not something that's said often, but it's something that I've seen. That there's been so much shame and so many tears because this person just wants to get out and and all they're doing is being a wife and a mom and a teacher. There's no shame in that. And the enemy wants to put shame on you. The enemy wants you to feel like you're a second class citizen of heaven. And you're not. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, your favorite preacher. This is a gift that God has given in your life to build you up, to equip you to the work that God has called you to do. Don't put any comparison on your life be free from that be free from that let me tell you what fruit is busyness products production um, books is not the equivalent of fruit in a christian life now sometimes that happens sometimes that's a direct uh response out of god's fruit in someone's life it's like the outside of the fruit if that makes sense many times i mean for people this equals fruit but if i can if if i can explain it this way fruit is abiding in jesus that is where fruit comes from so maybe one person the product of their fruit of abiding in jesus books are written for maybe one person abiding in jesus fruit is loving your spouse loving your children loving your enemy Do, does that make sense I'm, I'm trying to convey to you that fruitfulness is abiding fruitfulness is faithfulness fruitfulness is living in the tender mercies and love of jesus Sometimes it brings you to a stage in front of millions of people, but sometimes abiding leads you right into your closet, your prayer closet. So I want to empower, I want to encourage, and I want every person listening here that has felt the shame of a seemingly normal life, I want to encourage you that this is a beautiful life. The hidden life is a beautiful life. Um, I, one of my favorite places in the world is the Middle East. Um, I've been there a few times and, and have some relationships with uh, some workers on the ground there. And I remember a story that someone told me. There was this woman and she was living in Iraq. And she was there for 10 years. 10 years, was praying, was diligent, was was had this business that she was reaching people. And for 10 years, maybe one person came to the Lord, came to salvation. One person in 10 years. Does that mean that this lady just wasn't effective in the kingdom of God? Well, by today's standards, maybe people would think that. But the truth is, she was sowing seeds, she was watering, she was trusting God to give the increase. For 10 years, Was that were those 10 years wasted for one soul? No, they weren't. And this is the beauty of God doesn't see numbers, God sees lives. God sees individual lives. We've seen that with Jesus. He would leave the 99 just to save the one. How much he would give his life. He would, he would shed his blood for one soul. How much more. And and you know what this does to me too. It enables me to have such an honor and an awe to keep an awe for the one. You know, working in um, orphan care and working in with the fatherless, and you see this. You probably, if you're pastor listening to this, you probably see this. Um, but sometimes you're walking with someone for ten years. And they're falling and then you get back up and you encourage them, but then they fall and then you get back up. Some fruit takes a long time to bear. Some fruit takes a long time to be seen, but you don't give up. You keep walking and it's that precious fruit that takes a long time to bear that. It's something special, I believe, to the heart of God. It's something special to the heart of God. I believe it's something special to the heart of God, those lives that none of us have ever known that are now rewarded greatly in heaven. Why? Because so many of their their lives, so many of their gifts were hidden from man, but God saw everything. And I want to end this episode and encourage you with this that there are so many things maybe your life feels so hidden and maybe you just feel like nothing like no man sees you no man has given you thanks and maybe your mom and you're like yeah nobody ever gives me thanks <laughs> but i want to tell you that every seed that you have sown of fruitfulness in your life god has seen And those seeds that nobody has given you a reward openly, what is waiting for you is your heavenly reward. Your reward from heaven that no man can give you a reward like the reward of Jesus. No man. And I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to say this. I think that there are so many people these days Trying to gain the reward and the praise of man, whether it be social media, whether it be any of these things, that the truth of the matter is they've received their reward. And maybe they're things that they think they've done for God, but because it was not how the scripture says, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, don't, per, don't publicly display your good works for all men to see this isn't regarding Matthew 5 that says, you know, uh, let your light shine, let your good deeds be shown. But this isn't a way of, you should do your good deeds. I think everything that you do should be honoring to the Lord. So people are going to see your everyday life and it's going to be an example. But we have to ask ourselves, why am I posting this? Am I posting this to get my praise from man, to get likes on Instagram? Or am I posting this, you know, as a ministry leader, um, there's a certain level of responsibility and um, visibility that people who give to your organization and your ministry, it's as though they are doing the works with you. So it's this balance of you know, I'm going to say that this is what we're doing with the gifts you've entrusted. But how are you saying it? And why are you saying it? This is something you wrestle with as a, as a ministry leader, because, and maybe we can talk more about that another time, because social media doesn't make us exempt from the scriptures. Social media doesn't doesn't say, well, yeah, that's what the scripture says, but this is Instagram. So I'm going to say every good thing I've done. If our first response after we're doing a good act is to post it on social media, I've got to tell you, we have to check our hearts. And so all that to say, there are so many precious lives that are hidden in the Lord that in his eyes are the biggest, most beautiful sacrifices in life. And so, I want to encourage you don't measure your life like you think man is measuring your life. Measure your life how the Lord is measuring your life. Get with Him. Gain your identity and your value from Him. And I think that, you know, a lot of people who are so used to being so busy in this time, in the coronavirus and everything, where nobody can do anything, yeah, there's church online, but. You're not producing the same amount of products and programs. And do you still know who you are? But it's okay. God gives us grace. God gives us grace in the seasons that we're realizing, wow, I'm putting all of my validity and identity in what I can do. Jesus doesn't want that. He wants your heart. He wants you to take his dream for your life. He wants you to have no condemnation there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So what dream does God have for your life? What mentality and what perspectives have you been believing that are wrong about God's dream for your life? Maybe you feel ashamed because you don't have dreams like standing on a platform or going to Africa, or, or you feel like you have to, or you're a second class citizen and Christian. That is not the truth. We should pursue Jesus. We should pursue being an example for him, being a light for him, loving those that are around us, loving our neighbor, loving our our enemy. I'm going to end with this one picture that I believe is so spiritual and so much of the kingdom of God that many of us have lost in this fast-paced Western world Christianity that is it possible, and I'm leaving you with this one question, Is it possible that you, opening up your home, opening up your table, hosting a dinner for people that look nothing like you, and just loving on them, feasting with them, sharing with them about the love of God, the beauty of God, and and Jesus and his blood, is it possible that you, in your home, next week or whenever, opening up your table like that, with no, with freedom from judgment, just love the love of Jesus, is it possible that this picture is as effective in the kingdom of God as the picture of having a conference with thousands? I believe it is. I believe it's just as effective and just as beautiful, and has every ounce and drop of the heart of the kingdom of heaven. I encourage you this next week to search in your heart, find the things of this mentality, and and if if that's been you, you know, I just want to pray with you real quick, um, and just so you can realize God's love in your life and God's dream for your life. And every dream from God is big, but sometimes it looks hidden. And sometimes it seems seemingly small, but that's big for God. So Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for every person listening, every person that God you've met today. And I give you praise, Lord, and we give this podcast to you, we give this time to you, and we thank you, Lord, for just teaching us. Teach us, Jesus, teach us, Jesus, your heart, your heart for the kingdom, your heart for man. Let us see your goodness and kindness and mercy. Let us see you as you are, not how we thought you'd be, Lord, but we love you. Show us who you are. Reveal yourself to us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you stay tuned for our next episodes, and it's going to be an adventure. So, subscribe. Uh, you can tell your friends. And, you know, if you have any topics you want to cover, any guests, just email us contact at lovetothenations.com or send us a message on Instagram uh, or send me a message, Jenny Olivia. And, yeah, this will be fun. It'll be an adventure. Bless you.